This week on the Iowa Watch Connection. What a night! An unbelievable night! What a great campaign! It's a truly unique phenomenon, the Iowa Presidential Precinct Caucuses. The NBC News projection is that Walter Mondale will be the winner. Now one of the parties is looking to improve them. The impossible dream, the asterisk on all these polls just four months ago. Reforming the caucuses, our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism. Online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. It was never meant to be all this. Iowa's presidential precinct caucuses started as the first step toward a more open delegate selection process, leading to the summer national nominating conventions. In order to do things in a timely manner and have a caucus as opposed to a primary, which we already had for state races, Iowa's caucuses wound up being first in the nation. And that accidental start has led to one of the biggest political shows on earth every four years. But the increasing number of participants and increasing closeness of the races has led to some issues. Republicans had such a close race in 2012 they had to designate a different winner a few weeks later than had been announced on caucus night. And Democrats had a virtual dead heat in 2016. Each time, the party under fire undertook self-examination and proposed changes. And each time, the two parties worked together, despite who had the perceived problem, because success of the caucuses depends on both parties running things smoothly. Later in this program, you'll hear from a leading Iowa Democrat who has fought for the the first-in-the-nation caucus status then and now. But first, those of us who are in the middle of it sometimes can't appreciate the role of the caucuses in the overall process. David Anderson is a political science professor at Iowa State University and a return guest to this program. My first impression when I came to Iowa and first attended the caucus was that this was really awesome. As an outsider who's lived in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and have voted in primaries and generals, I... The experience of going into a caucus is unlike anything else. It is real participatory democracy. Even if you go in and you go to your side of the room and you never leave the whole time, it's an action. You're actually part of the process and you feel much more engaged than just going to a voting booth and checking a box and handing over your ballot. I think the caucus system is really rather incredible and special. Iowa's caucuses is absolutely an original idea. It's an original way to run things. Maybe not the best according to everybody, but I think the conduct of the caucuses in Iowa is fundamentally different because it's first. In Iowa, the caucuses really matter because Iowans, when they go into that caucus room, they know that the decisions they make here are viewed by the rest of the country, and the rest of the country uses those decisions to help flavor the decisions that the entire nation uses during the primary system. Uh, I don't think other states that use caucuses get that same benefit. Uh, The caucuses, frankly, don't mean as much in other states. You're from New Jersey, now living here in the middle of Iowa. Could something like our caucuses work in your home state? Absolutely not. Iowa's style of caucusing, I think, is unique for, I would guess, two major reasons. 
The first is the political culture of Iowa. I think Iowa is a nice, friendly state where people generally tend to get along. And that means that you can go into a room with people you don't necessarily know. You can talk politics, which is a very contentious topic always. And you can still find a way to get along. Uh, In my home state of New Jersey, that's not going to happen. People would come into a room and start yelling at each other quite quickly because that's the culture of New Jersey. I don't think a caucus will work in that environment nearly as well as it does in Iowa. Uh, The other maybe more important thing to me is the history of the Iowa caucuses. Iowans take this process very seriously. And I think if you say this to people in Iowa, they may roll their eyes and say, no, we don't. We're, We're no different. But Having been an outsider and come here, uh, I'm amazed by the lead-up to the caucuses when people of all political stripes attend speeches and talks and town halls by all these candidates. In the last election, we had 17 different Republicans going around the state, and their talks were full of Democrats, Republicans, people who agreed with them, people who disagreed with them. But everybody listened, and they seemed to think about it. And then they went to the caucuses and they talked about their opinions and what they believed in. And everybody kind of nodded and they came to a decision. Uh, That is absolutely unique to Iowa, I think. I don't think another state can pick this up and just do it on a whim. I think it takes a long time for the people of a state to recognize how the process works, to buy into the system, and to really engage the way that Iowans seem to. When I travel outside of Iowa and go to national conventions, people often want to talk to me about if I believe the caucuses are worthwhile. People outside of Iowa are often very skeptical, and they look at how different Iowa is from the rest of the nation, and they all seem to have the same questions about, well, you know, Iowa isn't representative of the United States. It doesn't have the same diversity of the rest of the states. How can Iowa make such an important decision that the rest of the country then follows. And my answer is always that I think they're asking the wrong question. Uh, The diversity question I don't think is the right question in terms of the importance of the Iowa caucuses. The Iowa caucuses have traditionally uh, chosen the future nominees within the top three. Uh, It's not that the caucus decides who the winner is and that person goes on to become the nominee of the party. It's that Iowa shortens the field. And I don't even think this has to do with do the issues that resonate here resonate elsewhere. I think it has to do with the quality of a candidate. Candidates come here and they campaign around the state of Iowa. And it's the people of Iowa viewing them and seeing if they have the strength of character, the charisma, and an idea of what they want to do as president. And the better candidates have this stuff and they rise to the top. The weaker candidates, uh, they don't pass muster here in Iowa. And it means that even if they're saying the right things for a national audience, they're probably not saying it in the right way, and they're just not ready for the rigors of a national campaign. Uh, I think Iowa has a tremendous weed-out function that it serves. Iowa State University political science professor David Anderson spoke to me from the studios of Iowa Watch Connection affiliates KASI and KCYZ in Ames. David Yepsen has likely covered more caucuses more intensively than anyone else. He's now the host of IPTV's Iowa Press Program. After 1976, uh, when Jimmy Carter came out of nowhere to win among the candidates in the the Iowa Democratic caucuses, um, 
everybody had a sense, wow, this is really interesting. Because then in 1980, uh, both the Democrats, uh, Jimmy Carter and Ted Kennedy, uh, and then a field of Republicans, George Herbert Walker Bush, unknown at the time, you had both parties showing up. And so it was probably in that time period that um, that I realized these caucuses are, you know, some becoming more and more important. Obviously, Carter winning the presidency gave some credibility to our process. There are folks nationally who, somewhat out of jealousy, and I think somewhat out of statistics, suggest this is not a great way to start things. Are the caucuses today, despite our partisanship, those of us who live in Iowa, are they the best way to start the process? Probably not. They are, and we all can think of better ways to do this. But the fact is, uh, it has evolved into this process. And I think Iowa, in absent uh, some national reforms, would really be foolish to give these things up uh, unless it were part of a larger national election reform effort. I don't think we can be so parochial as to say we're the only people who can start this process. But I don't think we ought to we ought to just roll over every time somebody says they don't like the caucuses. People or other states are jealous. Other states um, have criticisms. I think Iowa has been smart over the years to listen to the critics. Each time in both parties, uh, there are postmortems and how do we do this better. Uh, and among caucus states, Iowa's got the best process. There are limitations, and Iowa. Democrats now are are trying to find ways to fix those. The difficulty in changing it is that no, there's no consensus on what it ought to be nationally or even here in Iowa. And, and so absent a consensus, uh, political inertia sets in. We just keep doing the same things we've been doing because we can't agree on a different way to do it. That's always been one of my retorts when people outside of Iowa sort of take me to task for being an Iowan and want me to defend the system. And my response is, well, what is a better way of doing it that is going to account for what you say are the shortfalls? And no one has built a better mousetrap to this point. Well, and the trouble is there are shortcomings to any uh, alternative. If you go to a primary in Iowa, you run the risk of upsetting New Hampshire Democrats uh, who have long tolerated this caucus process is our tradition, and so they'll respect that, but going to a primary becomes risky with New Hampshire and, and triggering a fight over who goes first. Uh, wherever you start the selection of an American president, it's a big story, and so there's going to be a lot of media attention to it. There'll be a lot of hype. Um, there's no state that's really typical uh, as a place to start it. Other states have problems with their political cultures. I mean, you want to start the, the selection of an American president in, in Illinois? Uh, given the, the political corruption and the history of that state, or I don't think so, or Louisiana, or New Jersey for that matter. Um, so when that, the, the alternatives all have problems. If you love money in politics, you'll love a regional primary or a national primary. Uh, so absent an alternative and a, and a consensus on a, way, a different way of doing it, these caucuses just seem to roll along. Finally, let me ask you this, and given the length of time you've covered these, this could be a very unfair question, but is there a story or a couple of stories from the campaign trail that you can think of that you could categorize as 
the prototypical Iowa caucus story or happenstance? Well, I think that a, a, in the early days, a typical experience was, was the national candidates who uh, were courting individual Iowans um, and key activists and the links to which they used to do that. Today, that doesn't happen so often. One thing, the, uh, one recollection I have was uh, it, back in 1987, Joe Biden uh, rolled into Carroll, Iowa, with a couple of us in tow about 11.30 one night, checked into the Carrollton Inn, and we were hungry. And the clerk at the desk said, well, there's no place open, and there's no cabs in Carroll, so here, take my car, and um, there's a Godfather's Pizza down the street. But you got to be back by midnight because I have a date. So <laughs> off we headed. Senator Joseph Biden, a couple reporters and uh, an aide, went and got the pizza. And Biden was very concerned about getting that car back. Uh, and uh, But he did. He, got, he ordered the, the, the clerk uh, a, a pizza. And off we went back to the hotel and got checked back in. And everyone was, was quite happy. I mean, you don't see that kind of thing happen anymore in campaigns, and certainly you don't see it in other states. But the car got back in time for the date. That's right. I wrote a story about that one time. The clerk called me up and said, I'm the guy who was that clerk, uh, and uh, we got married. The story had a decent ending. David Yepsen, formerly with the Des Moines Register, now moderator of IPTV's weekly Iowa Press program. When we come back, a conversation with a man who has been on the front lines of the caucus fight since the beginning, nearly 50 years ago. That's next as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double-check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from AARP Iowa. Every two seconds, someone's identity gets stolen. That's why AARP launched the Fraud Watch Network to arm people of all ages with the tools they need to spot and avoid scams. Learn how to protect yourself at aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. That's aarp.org slash Fraud Watch Network. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. Dave Nagel is a former state Democratic Party chair and a former congressman from Northeast Iowa. 
He practices law in Waterloo these days, but he is still in the state's political forefront, most recently chairing the special group that submitted recommendations for consideration by the state party this fall. New Hampshire has the first primary, we have the first caucus, and but every once in a while, someone like California this time or Florida a couple of years ago or Michigan will decide they're going to move in front of us. And so Iowa and New Hampshire always together walk lockstep in front of anybody that tries to give us a contest. I think, I think in 2004, I think we actually ended up going in, in or very early January, right after Christmas, to maintain that status. But once you give it up, you'll never get it back. And here's why it's important. It's, it's great for Iowa. But that's not why we that's not why we should be first. The process with the amount of money now that's funneled into presidential campaigns needs two small states where the candidates can get known personally to the voters and where the terrain is uh, level, uh, where the uh, politics are clean, where the states are affordable, to give anyone who thinks they might want to be president of the United States an opportunity to make his or her case. You know, it's from that you'll get to, you may not necessarily get a candidate, but you may get a movement or a perception of what the issue should be. Uh, and so it's not as important that Iowa and New Hampshire be first. It's important to the country that we be first because we provide a proven level track for everyone to run on. But there were many people that thought uh, we should just give this up, uh, that will still be important. Uh, that may be the case. I doubt it sincerely, uh, Jeff, but what will happen is, is that if we start going to regional primaries or expensive states like California, the lesser-known candidate who may have the best ideas will not have an opportunity to articulate that alternative to the existing order, and that's the purpose of Iowa and New Hampshire. The, a person who wants to be president is running in front of a seasoned electorate who has seen the consequences of their earlier decisions. And so we, we evaluate them a little closer with a little more experience than, than a mass media campaign could afford. And, and in addition to that, and the candidates will tell you this, they're, they're astounded by the depth of knowledge of the people that come to these candidate forums and the questions they get in a restaurant or a hotel or in a, in a kitchen. Uh, from people who want to know their opinion on some issue that other people might think of obscure, but we have great knowledge of. You mentioned the report. This is something that is designed to help address perceived issues that would have come up in the last cycle. The Republicans had theirs four years before. What are the key points of the recommendations in the report that the state party will be looking at later this summer, early fall? The most innovative thing that we've come up with is I asked the Republicans, and they were Jeff Kaufman and David Ullman, to come in and address us at the very first meeting of ours, find out what problems they had in 12 and uh, what difficulties and solutions that they came up with. And from those conversations, uh, David and I have figured out that maybe we should try to put a little bipartisan structure to the Iowa caucus. It's important to the Democrats that the Republicans hold a successful caucus. It's important to the Republicans that we do so because either one of us stumbles and there's going to be a move to get rid of uh, both parties. Uh, so what we'd like to see is at least an initially a kind of a foundation uh, to address the, the things that uh, the parties can seek outside resources, private resources do, to conduct uh, the caucuses in a more efficient and uh, transparent manner. So I think that's really, to me, that's the big one. Uh, I'm not going to be around here to fight this battle forever. And uh, we need a structure on it because it only happens once every four or eight years. 
the others, you know, uh, a lot of our problems were logistical. Uh, we didn't have access to uh, public buildings. Uh, schools don't like us to hold our caucuses in, in public buildings, some of them. Many of them do. Some of them don't. Sound systems, uh, when we have large crowds that uh, we hadn't anticipated. Uh, the biggest one is registration, pre-registration, so that you don't stand in line. And as uh, one of our members of the committee said, the best way to eliminate the standing in line is to remove the need for standing in line. So we're looking for a more efficient way to process people in to participate in the process, both on the R side and on the D side. We're looking at uh, better technology to verify the results of, of the caucus quicker. And then the last one, I think, which I'll enjoy, and I don't mean to go on too long, but uh, trying to figure out how to get people to participate who have to work. Now, there's a myth about that. Every presidential candidate has done finished second in this state, Republican or Democrat, is absolutely convinced that all of his or her supporters had to work. And if only the people who work second shift, which were unanimously for this particular candidate, would have showed up, they would have won overwhelmingly. But it's a legitimate point. You want to participate. And so what we came up with is to preserve the caucus nature of the process is to create what's called a non-present participation method where you can actually express your preferences and then we'll create in each county, 99 counties, we'll create one artificial precinct where you'll, you'll vote. They won't be counted until, uh, until the caucus night starting at 8 o'clock and then they'll be allocated back to that sp particular county and uh, you will uh, be able, at least as an alternate, to attend the county convention, and your choices will be same as if you were there. Your first choice, not viable. Second choice, third choice, if necessary. Uh, and in that way, we allow participation, but we don't make it a massive, just get people to vote absentee, you don't have to go. We want the, we want the physical presence of that candidate in the county, even if it's in one precinct. Waterloo lawyer and former state Democratic Party chair and Congressman Dave Nagel. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. And you can let us know your thoughts about this program or suggest ideas for future programs by email. The address is radio at iowawatch.org. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week. The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.